The VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. So we've got a very exciting episode for you guys today. It's a new year, a time of new beginnings and fresh starts. We've got a great guest today. We've got voiceover actor and coach Mark Cashman. And we've got our first fan taking advantage of questionable gear purchases. So you and I don't have to. I know. It's just, <laughs> it's something we don't have to write off anymore. <laughs> Can't wait for that. But first, current events. What have you been up to, Paul? It's been a couple of weeks. Well, we uh, we had the holidays here in on the East Coast and... Lots of snow and ice. We're right in the middle of the bomb cyclone. I'm not sure if, if you West Coasters have heard of this, but it's pretty much like snowmageddon all over the East Coast from Tallahassee to Portland, Maine. Right now in my neck of the woods, it's nine degrees above above zero Fahrenheit. And the, the high this the high sorry, the low this morning was four degrees. And it's supposed to get even colder over the weekend, so I'm pretty terrified about that. But before that, I actually had a great week because my family and I took a cruise to the Bahamas. Oh, and, yeah. You uh, told me about that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We did that right after Christmas. We did the whole Christmas thing here and then went the next day, which I thought was going to be a nightmare to get on the plane at the airport on the 26th, but it turned out pretty okay. Um, and we went to the Bahamas for our cruise that went to the Bahamas for a couple of days. We were back by New Year's Eve and then celebrated that with some family, but great holiday season with the family and friends and... Now I'm just looking forward to getting the new year started in the voiceover world. What's going on Wonderful. with you? Uh, well, I was just curious. Did you get any work done over the holidays or was it pretty much lights off? No, I turned it off, actually. In fact, I, I put a post on one of the Facebook groups where I said I was kind of itching to get to, to get some stuff done and got got blasted by some people saying, take a break. You don't need to be <laughs> take working. Take a break. <laughs> some even had sort of tone like, you don't have any work to do anyway, loser. So I turned it off. <laughs> And basically, that was awful harsh, guys. Come I mean, on. not in so many words, but there was a there was a hint there. So it was kind of like, hey, real pros know when to take a break. So I did, and I didn't do any work at all, which is a nice nice change of pace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I got a little bit work. Like like I said, I've got this monthly e learning client for uh, EnglishAnyone.com. It's my um, probably my largest and longest term client, um, and so wanted to make sure those get in. Just finished another batch. And, uh, man, it's always, it's, for me, it's funny because I feel like I don't have a whole lot of work during the first couple of weeks of the month. And then I'm just like, the last week is always slamming to get everything done and, uh, pretty and polished before we release it out to our subscribers. But it's great. I mean, I'm really happy for the work. Well, that's great. So one of the, <laughs> one of the themes, obviously, of, of this episode is New Year's resolutions because it is the new year. Why don't you talk about some of the New Year's resolutions you might have? Well, I'd like to increase my number of agents. I've got a handful right now. I'd like to have two handfuls. And <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bushel? A bushel, yeah. Or a baker's dozen. There you go. Um, <laughs> or a gaggle, even. Uh, just throw out any other hilarious collective nouns you can think of. But um, other than that, just kind of maintain the good relationship I have with my current agents. Been actually getting a lot more interesting gigs from my on-camera agent here in Washington. So that's fun. Oh, cool. Um so uh, everything from being a fit model for um, for a certain large clothing company to um, a lot of big tech companies that are that we have in Washington that I can't talk about. <laughs> uh, but it but it looks like it's in an interesting year. We've only messed up two business emails and of course our podcasting session today. So <laughs> awesome. 
<laughs> Off to a great start. So you said fit model for a large clothing company. Does that mean plus size clothing company or a large <laughs> in, in volume? <laughs> I wasn't sure how much weight had, you put on over, had, the, over the holidays. I had the same, I had the same conversation. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I easily put on 10 or 15 pounds. Cause, but then again, I tend to celebrate from October till now. So, um, but yeah, a fit model is actually someone who is basically like a living mannequin. It's basically you you try in different outfits in front of a panel of designers, and then they just take notes on the fit and feel of the clothing because then they, they figure out like, oh, the shoulder's a little tight. We need to adjust the stitching here and things like that. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's not like a fitness model where you have to have like an eight-pack and be able to wear underwear and um, not people not run in terror. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's uh, the whole on camera world still mystifies me. I still need to learn thing like basic things like how to address a camera and stuff like that. But um, my agent has been sending me mostly positive feedback. So um, and we communicate all the time, which is something that a lot of new talent are curious about. I see questions about this a lot, where it's like, I've got a new agent. I never hear from them though. Is that good or bad? And it's we need to remember that our agents are are very, very busy people. So unless they reach out to you, you're not going to hear from them very often unless you book a gig or unless you're doing a terrible faux pas. So it's it's true what they say about no news being good news. So um, be excited about your new agent. Celebrate that. But if you don't hear from them all the time, it's okay. It's not you. Yeah, that actually brings up some of my New Year's resolutions um, to be to have more personal communication, both with agents and clients. Um Something I did recently was reach out to all my agents by sending them a holiday gift, which is a simple thing. I didn't have to get out of the get out of the studio to do it. I sent Starbucks e gift cards to all my agents and got a, a reply back from all of them saying, "Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you very much." So brilliant. That, that's a great way to find out one if your agent still is your agent, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if that is a worry that you have, like you said, or mm-hmm. if you haven't talked to them for a while and you want to sort of take a temperature check. That's a great way to. To, to break the ice and, and have them come back and talk to you. Because every one of them sent back a, a thank you note, and none of them said, oh, by the way, you're no longer with <laughs> You've us. You've been dropped. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would, can you imagine the person's like, thank you for the gift. I'm not giving it back, but you've been dropped. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> it could happen. There are terrible but, people out but there. But thankfully, it didn't. So, yeah, I want to have more personal communication with my agents and then with clients because uh, my subscription to one of the pay-to-plays, um, Voice123, just expired and that leaves me with only bodalgo as the the uh, online casting site that i'm with so i really need to find other ways to drum up business so i talked to the president of our local chamber of commerce he's actually a friend of mine from a previous <laughs> business so that worked out well and i think I thought you were going to say to the president i was like wow i don't know if well, if he'll be able to help you out but i mean i like your initiative i live pretty close to dc you never know but <laughs> This is the president of our local chamber of commerce, and we might actually be able to barter a membership with that organization where I do some voice work for them. We're in talks, as they say. And I'm I'm reaching out to local companies as well to see if I can do some work there. Um, Somebody contacted me just before the holidays uh, to do their phone system, so that looks like a promising lead. I really want to focus more on business-to-business marketing or even business-to-consumer to consumer marketing because that's really the best way to gain clients 
long-term clients because you may get an audition from a, a pay-to-play or online casting site, as, as we call them, and it may be a one-time job. But if you build a relationship with somebody locally, that normally turns into a long-term, long-term client, and that's what I'm kind of hoping for. And then to that mm-hmm. end, I've revamped my website. I hired our, our good friend Joe Davis at voiceactingwebsites.com. Yeah, or is it voiceactorwebsites.com? Of course, I screwed it up. I believe it's voice actor websites. But, voice I mean, he's a great guy. Websites. I mean, if you want something that's responsive and, like, really nice-looking website, definitely check out Joe. He um, He's pretty much who, the first person we recommend through GVAA. So, highly recommend him. All right. So, Joe and his team, um, Karen Barth, who was the designer with me, just finished up. And we published it on Wednesday, sort of a soft launch, because I really just had them recreate what I had done on Wix myself. Because now it's more professionally done, it's SEO friendly, and like you said, responsive, and just looks overall better and is easier to update in the future, which is a big deal. So that is out there now. If you want to check it out, go to paulstefano.com. Let me know what you think. I'd appreciate the feedback. Hire him. (laughs) That would be nice, too. There's there's a nice contact form that actually works. I'm not sure my other one ever was. So you send me me an email and let me know what I can do for you. So yeah, that's my main New Year's resolution is to focus more on marketing my business myself as opposed to relying on pay-to-play sites or online casting sites that really weren't helping me that much anyway. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the whole online, like I personally still get a lot of jobs from Badago. It's the only one that I'm on. I've considered rejoining some of the other ones, but I haven't had the $400 lying around to invest. So Yeah, that's a, that's um, a barrier to entry for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I mean, it just it's great practice, if nothing else. I mean, you, you have a steady stream of auditions of a variety of auditions. And uh, it's something that our guest has actually talked about on a number of occasions. It's just daily practice and with real scripts. So if nothing else, you're paying for your education. All right. But enough with current events. Up next, we have our questionable gear purchases. And this one's going to be a little bit different because we actually got one of you, one of our studio audience or internet audience, or whatever the term is, to submit a questionable gear purchase for us. So, Paul, I believe you interviewed our friend Greg Thomas to talk about his recent uh, questionable gear purchase. How did that go? It was interesting. We found out there was a lot in common. That won't surprise the audience, but let's let Greg tell the story, and um, we can talk about it when we come back. Questionable gear purchase. Okay, so I am now live on the Source Connect Now line with Greg Thomas, who is our first fan to take advantage of our fan contributions to Questionable Gear Purchase. So, Greg, welcome. Well, thanks very much, Paul. I'm glad to be here, and um, I-, I guess I'll be your guinea pig, okay? <laughs> I guess so. You, you, you signed up for it. So yeah, <laughs> I, vo- I volunteered for this. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it. So. Yeah, exactly. So, you reached out to me and said you had made a purchase recently that maybe didn't work out so well. Tell us a little bit about your questionable gear purchase. Well, um, what I bought was an an Allen & Heath ZI-10. And the reason that I purchased it was because it had two features in the same box that I was looking for. It had multiple uh, microphone inputs and it had a deal where I could, you know, play audio back 
um, to the client if they wanted to hear a part of a take again. You know, it had true mix minus on it. So I thought, well, you know, here, this is wonderful. This is great. So uh, I bought it um, back in April of all things, and I was going to get re- I was going to test it out and use it. But then I had a volunteer uh, weekend that I had to do, and that was interrupted by having to go in the hospital for gallbladder surgery. So Jeez. it just kind of sat and. And then it sat some more, and then it sat some more. And the first lesson out of all of this is if you get a new piece of gear, be sure you test it within the 30-day window that the manufacturer gives you because I went way past that. <laughs> and, um, and, and they weren't able to, to, to take it back in, in exchange, uh, you know, just give me a, a refund for it. So when I, when I plugged it up, it worked great on my blue microphone, and it worked great on my, um, on my AT microphone. But there was this awful noise on my uh, Michael Jolly Mod V250, which is the mic I'm on now and the mic that I use all the time. And so when your primary mic doesn't work, you know, you don't particularly want to use the box. So I talked with Alan and Heath and they were wonderful and they took it back and they did some kind of modification. They said, this will fix the problem. They sent it back. Uh, It did not fix the problem. Um, apparently, uh, some microphones, and after talking with the dealer, I found out that some condenser microphones, um, they need an external 48-volt power supply, which is what solved the problem. But uh, So no more noise. But we couldn't, and, and I even worked with George Whittem on this. He was I bought it on his recommendation. I heard him talk about it on a VOBS episode. And he, uh, he and I worked together. We could not get it to work on Source Connect. Uh, my AG03 works fine on Source Connect, uh, but and on on Skype. But we couldn't get the Allen and Heath box uh, to work right. There's probably a trick to it, but we couldn't figure it out long distance. So I ended up uh, I posted the thing on um, on VO Gear Exchange, um, and somehow or another the 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 for sale listing got posted on um, a bunch of other Facebook Marketplace sites in my area. And some guy about 70 miles away from me ended up buying it. And so, you know, I came out okay on the deal, but it was just a, it was, it was a headache trying to get the noise out. And then once I got the noise out, I was all excited. And then I was all let down because we couldn't get it to work with Source Connect or with Skype. So uh, it's a great box for some applications, but it just wasn't a good one for mine. Well, you won't surprise you nor our fans, but I bought one of those once upon a time too. Also, after watching the VOBS with George, and my deal was it was just too big. It was this giant physical box. You probably had the same yeah, same it, reaction when yeah, it first it, came. Yeah, it is much bigger than what we're used to working with uh, in the VO world. It's about, I guess, three or four times the size of an AGO three. I don't, I don't know how big it. You know, it's a lot bigger than a. Uh, focus right box, you know, so it, it is it is much larger than anything else and if you're tight on space I can see how that would be a problem. Yeah, that was my major deal and in the end it didn't really do anything That the AGO 3 wasn't doing for me already like you said so having that that giant box on what I Use as an editing station is just an IKEA desk little small 24 inch table just wasn't gonna work. So yeah, I ended up getting rid of it as well. But um, I'm glad you were able to tell us about the story. I thank you for coming on. Well, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, glad to be here and glad to help out. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, it'll help me not spend any money, hopefully, between this and the next episode. <laughs> yeah, so, Greg, but... thanks again. The rest of you fans out there, send us in your questionable gear purchases to save me from buying anything else. <laughs> and also, we'd love to hear your story. Thanks, Greg. You're absolutely welcome, and, uh, and thanks for what you do with, uh, with your VO meter program. I learn a lot from it.
So, Greg, thanks for that. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties getting going with Source Connect, but we made it work. And um, sorry that didn't work out, but at least you found out what works for you in your particular situation. So, Sean, what else are you working on in the new year? All right, I'm actually really excited because this year I'm working on a cool project with my girlfriend and her family. Uh, her father's a writer, so we're actually trying to adapt a sci-fi novel that he's written into a sort of radio play series that we're going to release in like a podcast format. So um, so I'll be spending a lot of time over at their place with my, my carry-on vocal booth, uh, which is actually my sort of questionable gear purchase for this month. I actually bought a modification for it. They made, they sort of featured it last year at uh, VO Atlanta. They call it their surround sound hood. And it kind of takes, it gets rid of the fatal flaw of a lot of these portable solutions and that there's no acoustic treatment behind you. So what this does is it actually attaches to uh, the rest of the unit and then provides a sort of acoustic hood behind your head. And so um, basically I wanted something that I knew, like, Usually the booth works fine in most hotel rooms and in most carpeted rooms, but there have been some places where, for whatever reason, you could still pick up some reverb. So I'm, uh, with that uh, attachment, I am 100% sure that reverb will not be an issue. So I'm excited about that, and I can't wait to get my booth back from the guys over at Vocal Booth to go. So and awesome. we're happy. Er, so yeah, keep your ears out for the dissenters. Hopefully it will be released sometime this year uh, once we get a few episodes recorded. Paul, I'll have to reach out to you because we have some villainous characters that you might be suitable for. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. So other than that, uh, without further ado, we want to introduce you this episode's guest. Uh, he doesn't really need an introduction. Mark Cashman has been in the industry for almost three decades now, uh, both as a successful voice talent and as a writer and producer and voice acting coach. So without further ado, let's go to the Dalgo call room. And Mark Cashman. All right, we are moving into our Badalgo call conference room right now. And I am ex so excited about the guest that we have right now because he's probably the most enthusiastic guy you'll find in the voiceover industry. Of course, I'm talking about educator, coach, voice actor, uh, producer, writer, and casting director, and owner of CashmanCommercials.com. Mr. Mark Cashman, how are you doing, sir? I am doing great, guys. How are you doing? We are awesome. Great. So glad to have you. Welcome. Here we and are. So much just for being at here. the end of the year. Has it been a good year for you guys? It's been a very good year for me. Uh, what about you, Paul? Yeah, I can't complain. Actually, for some reason, the end of the year has been very good to me too. These past few weeks. So yeah, that's it, terrific. No complaints. That's a great way. Great way to end the year. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, it's funny. We get to the end of the year. And sometimes I ask myself, "How did I make it through the end of this year? How did I make it?" <laughs> and then the beginning of each year, I say, "How am I going to make it through the beginning and through this year?" And somehow, at the end of the year, somehow everything turns out okay. But you never know in this business. You never mm. know, and uh, that's probably one of the the main reasons that I one of my biggest um, uh, um, oh, tips. Uh, for 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 being in this business is make good use of your downtime. People forget about that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's and, fantastic. And they and and we know that as in this business we have we wax we wane. We've got uh, uh, busy periods and we've got dead periods. And the smartest thing that you can do is if when you have slow or dead periods, make good use of them because when you're busy, you don't have time to promote yourself and do all the other stuff that you're supposed to be doing. 
because you're so busy. So that's why you need to take advantage of the times when you're not busy to do all the stuff that you didn't get a chance to do when you were busy, which is promoting yourself, keeping yourself top of mind uh, uh, with clients and, and letting people know what you've done lately, organizing your stuff that you've done over the past three or four months. Again, all the stuff that you don't have a chance to do on a day-to-day basis, do that when you're, when you're slow and, and then you'll feel good about yourself. Even though, again, there aren't jobs coming in, you are still being productive and you're still moving the ball forward. That's great advice. Well, Mark, Sean mentioned all the things you've done in, in the voiceover industry. We know that you've been honored as one of the best voices or the best voice of the year by Audiophile Magazine. You're a Clio award-winning uh, copywriter. But our audience is primarily people new to the business, you know, newbies yeah. as we call them. Yeah. So what we're interested mostly talking about is your coaching business. And the first yeah. question we have is, can you tell us a little bit about your coaching style? Wow. Okay. In a nutshell, uh, I could give you my coaching style in one sentence. Once you work with me, when you work with me, I will tell you what you did right. I'll tell you what you missed and I'll tell you what you need to do to fix it. No judgments. So basically when somebody comes, uh, approaches me for coaching, and says, I'd like to, to get involved in coaching because I, I don't live in L.A. I'd still like to take advantage of, uh, of your expertise, but I can't come there in studio and come into your studio and have classes. Uh, could we do this virtually? Uh, and yes, that's the beauty of, of now the Internet is that, is that you can get training and education uh, and, and be talking to somebody halfway around the world. And it's like they're right next door. But basically, when somebody comes to me uh, and asks to start coaching, it's a pretty simple process. Again, everything is done via the internet, uh, either on a, uh, two, one of two platforms, Zoom or Skype. Everything's recorded as well. And so at the end of the session, the student gets an entire MP3 of the one hour session that we've done. Both sides, both sides recorded so that the, the student can listen to hear how they did. Did they make progress? Did they hit it out of the park? Did they crash and burn? Did they get somewhere in between? And they get a really good objective sense of their progress, of their performance. And basically my job is to give students tools that they will use for the rest of their voiceover career if this is something that they want to pursue. If that's something they want to pursue, I want to just uh, uh, hold on to that just for a second. That's a footnote there because not everybody is suited for this business. We all would like to be actors. We'd all like to be readers. We all say, hey, I can speak English. I can articulate what is so difficult with the reading copy. <laughs> and then once they get that piece of paper and all that copy in front of them, they realize how much work and how much multitasking they are doing when they are performing because it is a performance. What people forget with voice acting is that they are legitimate actors, just like a stage actor, just like an on-camera actor. Voice actors are voice actors. And the, and acting is not something that I'm, you just say, okay, I'm just going to be an actor today. Well, if <laughs> everybody did work, that, right? then there would be no auditions, there'd be no plays, there'd be no, no anything. So uh, uh, many people going into voiceover forget that there's acting involved, a lot of acting involved. Uh, that said, there are perks for voice acting. Uh, you don't have to show up on set at four in the morning. 
You don't have to worry about makeup. You don't have to worry about wardrobe. In fact, you don't have to worry about what you look like. That's the beauty of voice acting. On stage and on camera, people are constantly judging your appearance. Voice acting, never a problem. I don't know if you knew this, but this is a little story about Walt Disney. When he uh, started his animated movies and he was recruiting actors, uh, voice actors for his movies, he demanded to not see anyone who came into audition. So that's why everyone who came into audition for Walt came, stood behind a curtain and he just listened to them and cast them purely and solely on their voices and said specifically, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want that to, to uh, change my perspective or my decision. Wow. That's, that's so amazing. that's the cool, coolest thing about uh, voice acting. Uh, uh, well, there are a lot of cool things about voice acting. Um, it's funny. Uh, I don't know which one of you mentioned, it. I don't know if it was Sean or Paul, but one of you mentioned, uh, the fact that I'm the most, um, uh, what is it? Energetic or, or enthusiastic? Passionate? Yeah, just I mean, you yeah. you have this ebullience and just optimism about you. And like you're saying, I love how you mention how when you when you work with someone, there's no judgment because people really are like, I mean, you have to come from a place of vulnerability to get yes. a decent performance. And yes, for a lot of people, this is their dream. And if if they they if they let themselves be vulnerable in front of the wrong person, it could just shatter it. And oh, yes. Oh, there's no question. No, there is absolutely no question that that um, um, uh, uh, people I, I've known people, people who come up to me and said, you know, I studied with somebody about 10 years ago and it was such an awful experience. I thought I would never be able to do this again. And I thought, oh, my God, what a, what a waste of what a waste, what a waste of time and, and, and what a sad uh, experience, uh, first experience to have. I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there who've had that experience, and, and unfortunately, but the cool thing about uh, uh, voiceover is that you don't always have to be an actor. Now, I, I talked about acting before. Yes, there are voice actors, and, and voice actors are needed for animated series and video games and audiobooks, but there's a whole other side of voiceover that is what basically what's called the non-acting part. And that's the storytelling part. That's the education part. That's the instructional part. That's the part that doesn't require you to be a character per se or be involved in characterization. Because the bottom line is not everyone is an actor. If everybody was an actor, I think I'd kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I mean, I just it would just be crazy. It would just be nuts. Not everyone is an actor and not everyone wants to be an actor. I can't tell you how many students I have who say, I don't want to be on stage. I don't want to be on camera. I just want to explain things to people. I want to do explainer videos and e-learning things and, and, and nonfiction audiobooks and stuff like that. That's my, that's my goal. That's my, that's my dream. And I say, fabulous. That's absolutely fabulous. That's you, you know that you don't want to be an actor. Now you've niched yourself into an area that, that, that you are more comfortable and confident with. Exactly. And I know that you yourself have talked about the importance of knowing your niche and like being able to identify your place within the industry because yeah. we don't, there are so many people in there. You can literally find any one person for any one role. It's true. It's, it's absolutely amazing how much the industry has, has niched itself. It used to be in the old days, back in the fifties and sixties, when a voice actor had a demo, 
uh, they had well back then they had cassettes and and uh, you know they they had um, commercials on side A and then animation and other stuff on side B and, wow. and, and that was you know I just dated myself but basically that's the way it was and 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 it was everything in the kitchen sink as well so you could be you could be uh, talking you could be singing you could be dancing on your how do you dance on your VO demo trust me it's <laughs> I've heard it. it I've heard it <laughs> must have been tap it, yes exactly thank you of course it was absolutely tap or 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 tap soft you but yes definitely tap but the cool thing is 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 that there are so many areas of voiceover that people can niche themselves and get into um, and and find uh, what they are gre- really, really good at uh, just by exploring a little bit in voiceover with with uh, uh, different instructors. And and uh, and again, it's you, you find it's really good to know what your limitations are so that you can then put all of the the, the uh, your strengths into something that you really, really are passionate about. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And I can tell you're extremely passionate about voiceover. And, you know, and it's, 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 you know what you, I'm just good. Just a footnote on that as well. I know a number of people in my business who have burnt out and people ask me, how come you're so still so passionate about this after 40 years? I really, the only thing that I could possibly say is when I got into it, it was something that I absolutely loved. It was never work. It was a labor of love. It's always been a labor of love. And it's kind of like, I look at this, I look at uh, voice acting like scientists look at what is what they do. That the more they look, the more they study, the more they they discover, or the more they, they, they delve into their subject matter, the more they discover. The more, and, and and when they discover these things, they say, oh, no wonder I was in love with this in the first place. No wonder this was so cool in the first place. And so their passion drives them to discover more and more things. So my exploration of the voiceover universe over the past 40 years has taken me into some amazing, amazing places. And it's, it's just, it's so cool. It, again, it's like peering through a telescope. I'm just peering well, I'm not even peering. I'm listening. But the more I listen, the more I hear, the more I discover. Mm-hmm. And, and I love you touched on that because it's very obvious. Like I, I've seen your interviews and I know that you mentioned that you were an educator in the past. Yeah. And you can really tell because, um, I mean, I, I was a teacher as well. I also have a master's in education. Uh-huh. Uh, I come from a teaching family. And we always say that teachers are lifelong learners and it's so apparent in you like just your zest for learning and your your love of sharing knowledge of imparting knowledge to others and i feel like that's something that's been really integral in your success because you're so adaptive and i mean you've you've changed with the industry and you've been able to um like i said keep that main or maintain that stamina when others might have burnt out and you know what it's it's not so much the stamina it's the it's my passion my passion uh, again overrides everything so so it's not a matter of 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 being strong enough it's just a matter of letting loving what what i'm doing to a point where 
it's always a labor of love. It's never, uh, it's never difficult. Am I exhausted sometimes at the end of a session? Absolutely. But it's the kind of exhaustion that, that goes with, let's say, you, when you work out at the gym or, or, or you go for a great run or, or, or a swim or, or you have a great basketball game. It's that kind of exhaustion. That feeling of accomplishment. Yes. And not just accomplishment for me. It's really the accomplishment for the person I'm working with. That's the key. At the end of every class and at the end of every recorded session, coaching session, I always ask my student or students one question. What did you learn today? What is the one top of mind sticky takeaway for today? What is the one tool, one thing that you learned today that you're going to apply tomorrow? If I don't hear, if somebody can't tell me what they learned, I didn't do my job. That's why I always want to know, did I do my job? Did I, did you learn something today? Did I bring something new to the table that made you say, oh, that's cool. Oh, I could use that. Oh, I never knew that before. I'm going to, that's a great thing. Yeah. That's a classic teacher training. My, both my parents were public school teachers and while I don't teach, I do a heck of a lot of youth sports coaching for my, cool. all my kids. Cool. And I do the same thing at the end of every practice. I say, all right, what did you learn today? And I go around, yes. everybody raises their hand. And yep. it's so rewarding when you hear that come out and you think, wow, that's something we talked about. And it actually stuck. When I thought they were playing in the dirt on the baseball field and, yep. and not even paying attention, they actually heard it. And it's really they rewarding. They were learning. They were learning. And also, again, not, I mean, not, to, not only does that make you realize, yes, I did my job. But what you're also doing is you're reinforcing that in their, in their minds. Right. Exactly. You're totally reinforcing that. And that's, and, and that's a, a, a reinforcement, as you know, is, is, goes so far in, in, in learning. It's one thing to say something, but when you reinforce it and then you get that feedback, that cements it. That basically carves that new groove in their brain. Yeah, exactly. So talking about the students you work with, yeah. when you're, when someone's approaching you or you're looking for, for students, what kind of qualities do you look for in someone who you think would be able to work with you? And what skills should someone have before they come to work with you on voiceover specifically? Well, I can honestly tell you that you need to be a really good reader. I always ask my students, when you were in school and the teacher said, who would like to read so-and-so, did your hand go up? Every time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Exactly. I need to know that people are good readers. I need to know that people are, well, obviously they, they have to, you've got to have really, really good articulation. I can't really teach articulation per se. I can hold their feet to the fire, the fire of articulation, but I can't really teach them how to articulate. That's going to be a speech teacher. That's not me. And so if I hear something egregious when somebody contacts me and I hear something really, really off, I will literally say, listen, before we start working, coaching on voiceover, you need to cons you need to get a hold of a couple of uh, one person, whether it's a speech teacher, a uh, number of people are dyslexic. Uh, dyslexia in voiceover is basically like uh, having no not being able to walk properly when you want to run a race. You know, we're, we're, we're basically, your legs aren't working. 
And so in that particular case, dyslexia is uh, a, a, a challenge. There's no question, no question about it. Can there are there workarounds? Yes, depending upon the severity of the dyslexia, because dyslexia is, is on a spectrum. And so the, some people are mildly dyslexic. Some people are profoundly dyslexic. Um, and so basically we, we figure out workarounds depending upon where you are on that spectrum. Uh, if you've got any physical problems like breathing and stuff like that, then I address that as well. So I, I, I always want to make sure that one, you're physically, you've got the physical capabilities of doing this. Uh, and one thing I'm going to mention also is, is being blind. I, I've worked with a couple of blind voice actors. Now you might think, uh, wait, 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 blind voice actor, that's an oxymoron. I mean, that, that, how, how is that even possible? Now it, it didn't used to be, but now with technology and, and brailers and, and, and all sorts of uh, 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 recorded and machines and things like that, there are a few blind people out there who are actually making a living doing voiceover. Wow. It's nowhere near as easy as if when you're a sighted person, they have to do a lot of work, a hell of a lot of work to, to, to do that. I mean, it's like Os Oscar Pistorius, although... He's not going to be doing any running anytime soon, but, uh, not, yeah, not in his but, current uh, situation. Yeah. But, but, uh, yes, I have worked with blind people, uh, as well. And, and truthfully, the, the, the few blind people who I've worked with who are doing voiceover, I, I literally, I bow down to them. They, they are people who are just beyond the beyonds. Amazing. I, I just can't even. I can't even believe that somebody who is blind would actually consider doing, not just consider doing voiceover, decide I want to be a voice actor. That is astounding to me. And the mere fact that they are actually able to accomplish that is also obviously astounding to me. And I will help them any way I possibly can to, uh, to, to help them get better and, and be better. But, but, but for sighted people, but for sighted people, your articulation, very, very important. Your breath control, your breathing, your, your physical health, very, very important. Uh, again, if you are dyslexic, that's, uh, you're, you're going to be challenged. But if you are a, a really, really good reader uh, and love the written word and are articulate and understand how to express yourself um, and, and admire uh, actors who can do that as well, then you are a great candidate uh, for voice acting. Now, people say to me, do I have to have the voice of God to be able to do this? Do I have to have an absolutely beautiful, gorgeous voice to be able to do this? No, that's the beauty of it. No, you don't have to have a beautiful, gorgeous voice. However, if you've got some problems with your voice, if you're if you're sounding very, very hoarse and you've got, let's say, polyps and things like that, and, you're, and, and your voice is difficult to listen to, there may be some physical problems going on there that need to be addressed before you get into voice acting. But for all intents and purposes, um, if you are coherent, if you can read, if you can articulate, if you can make sense of things, if you love telling stories, if you take your finger and your thumb on your left hand and put them together and your finger, your forefinger and your thumb and your right hand and put them together, those two two circles that you've got one is voice actors and one are are voiceovers people mm. who aren't actors but but if you put those two circles together and you join them like a chain that space between them is 
is, is called storytelling. And no matter whether you're an actor or a non-actor, you still have to tell a story. Mm, beautiful. That's, that's the key. You've got to be able to tell a story. And if you love to tell stories, then voice acting is for you. I got, I started, um, I mean, I started voice acting a few years after I started writing and producing and casting commercials because a number of my clients said to me, hey, why don't you, we'd love to have you be the voice of our product or service. And initially I would say, oh, no, 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 you, you don't want me. There are people who could run rings around me acting wise. You, you definitely picked from these people. But the more, the more I got from that, the more demand I got from it, I realized, okay, let's, let's get, let's get into this voice acting thing. Um, it snowballed down from there, but, um, there are so many people who don't do voice acting, but, but can transition to voice acting, uh, because they're already using their voice. For instance, singers, singers are, make great uh, uh, voice actors because they understand intonation and projection and mic mic uh, 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 how to use a microphone and articulation and all sorts of again a sense of musicality uh, singers are great make great voice actors um, people who are trying to transition from stage or on camera they're tired of the four to five to six weeks of rehearsal of a of a stage play they're there. They hate getting up at three in the morning to be on set for, for on camera stuff. So a lot of, a lot of stage and on camera actors want to transition into voiceover speakers, public speakers. They're the, they make great voice actors uh, because they understand that audience dynamic and they're confident and they tell stories and they can stand in front of, of 10 people or a thousand people. It doesn't matter. They can stand up there and talk about all the things they do and all the things they're talking about. Um, even ventriloquists, uh, <laughs> or, 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 uh, or puppeteers, they love voice acting again, they're storytellers and they, they, they know how to use their voice. Um, uh, I've worked with ministers, rabbis, pastors, people who speak in front of people all the time and, and do now podcasts and all sorts of things. So it, the coolest thing is I get to work with, with people from all walks of life who still ultimately want to tell a story. Wonderful. So kind of jumping off of that, because we've been talking about the, the sort of criteria required. Yeah. Um, what was, like, not only are you famous for having a very comprehensive voiceover curriculum, but you're also famous for having your VO report card. Uh -huh. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Ah, my VO report card. You know, I realized um, as I was, when I first got into... Uh, when I first decided to teach, I had been writing and casting and producing commercials for about 20 years, working with voice actors all over the world. And uh, a critical mass, people, a number of people said, why aren't you teaching? Why aren't you teaching? And initially I said, oh, there's so many teachers out there. There's so many good teachers out there. And then I got a, a number of people saying, I just took a voice hour class and I, I really didn't like it. I didn't learn anything. Why aren't you doing it? So then I started realizing, okay, maybe... Maybe I did have something to contribute. So when I put together my syllabus and then worked on it, it took me about six months to put it all together. Uh, I, I realized, well, here's a syllabus. In, in every school, there's a syllabus. And at the end of every year, there's a report card so that you are graded on that syllabus. How did you do? How did you progress? Here's all the stuff that we're going to show you that you need to learn. 
We need to know, did you learn it? Well, yes, you could have tests, but ultimately, you, again, you need at least some kind of proof that you learned something, that you got something out of it. So I realized, well, duh, of course. I had report cards. Everybody had report cards going all through school. Why aren't, why aren't there any report cards in this? This is teaching. This is learning. This is a comp doing. And then I realized nobody had a report card. All these teachers out there, no report card. So at the end of the class, what do they say? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> no feedback. No tell, telling people, explaining to people or showing people how they did. No assessment of, their, of all the work that they put in for X amount of weeks that they were in it or months. That's crazy. So that's why I came up with the the VO report card and the VO report card. And also my VO report card does not have A's, B's, C's, D's and E's or F's, whatever the case would be. I always thought that that was the, that was the stupid. It was just stupid because it's a very subjective thing. And it, it's it, judgment it, again. Well, again, what, 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 what constitutes an A or an A minus or an A plus uh, some sort of a number cum? How do you, how do you, how do you grade uh, as give somebody an 89 on their storytelling. Well, but where does that, I mean, it's just the, quite ridiculous in my mind. That's basically why I came up with my report card. And I broke it down into eight specific categories that you need to, to, to be accomplished at if you want to be professional. First is breathing. If you don't understand how to breathe, you are not going to be a good voice actor. Because voice acting entails reading and articulating tens of thousands of words, sometimes short, sometimes long. But the bottom line is, if you if you can't breathe properly, if you don't know, understand how to breathe properly, you will be exhausted by the end of the first page. So breathing is very, very, very important. Timing. There's another issue right there comic timing, understanding cadence, understanding rhythm, understanding where to take beats, understanding basically how we speak. Timing, very, very important. Something that I people don't realize how important it is until they actually hear it. And then they realize, oh my gosh, absolutely. I can hear the difference here from take one to take two only because I took this beat. I understood the timing here. And that sounds so much better. Another uh, process, another uh, uh, thing that I came up with was something that I call eye-brain-mouth coordination. That's that loop where the words go in through your eyes, rummage around through your brain, and go out through your mouth. And that's understanding. That's again, that's being able to read cold, cold reading, and understand it, and understand what it is you're reading, and make sense of what you're reading, not just to yourself but to the listener as well. So your eye-brain-mouth coordination is extremely important because that's that loop that you have of, again, lifting those words right off the page. If that, if that loop isn't solid, if that loop isn't strong, then you're going to lose your place and therefore you're going to crash and burn in the middle of a performance. So your, your ability to get those words off the page, super important. Articulation, fourth thing in my, in my uh, 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 report card, and articulation, obviously, we know how important that is. We always want to try to find that Goldilocks area, not too much, not too little, just right in there. That takes some work. That definitely takes practice and practice and practice in articulating and making it sound like it's just rolling right off your tongue. But everybody can understand exactly what it is you're saying and not have any question whatsoever. 
consistency. You've got to be consistent from take to take to take to take to take because that's what this business is. It's a series of takes. Take one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I always joke, why do they call it voiceover? Because you got to do it over again and over and over and over and over again. Consistency. There's a phrase they say, consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds. But in voiceover, you've got to be consistent from take to take to take. Because if you listen to a 30-second spot, a 60-second spot on the air, and if you think that that spot was done in one flawless take, think again. That, that, that spot that you hear on the air was a, is a, is a, a, a patchwork quilt of, of sentences and lines from all different takes, digitally sewn together seamlessly so that nobody would be the wiser and it would sound like one beautiful full take in reality it was multiple takes all sewn together but consistency is very important because if the actor wasn't consistent they wouldn't be able to put those elements together acting is another is another uh, area that is very very important if you want to be a voice actor if you are going to go into characterization and do characters for commercials and and characters for video games and characters on animated series and characters in audiobooks, acting is paramount. You have to really understand how to inhabit a character and keep that character consistent. So acting is is very is very much a part of your overall performance. Analysis and interpretation is another uh, area where. Again, you're taking a story and you are analyzing it and interpreting it for the listener. And if you don't understand what you're talking about, then you're just saying words. You're just saying words in a vacuum. You're giving the words no meaning, no depth, no dimension, nothing. So interpretation and understanding the story, absolutely paramount. And last but not least, listening. Listening to yourself to hear what you did before and to make it better the next time listening to the director and do basically what they need you to do. And of course, listening as you listen to radio and TV, listening to your competition, listening to what's on the air, listening to what the stand, the gold standards are. And of course, listening to be inspired. I listen to, to narrators all the time. And some of them, I say, oh my God, how do they get that job? And others, I say, oh my God, I could listen to this guy, read the phone book. Well, those are my uh, those are my eight areas of of my uh, voice acting, my, my uh, again, my VO report card. And people are graded on a one to ten scale, not A, B, C, D, F. So if they get one or two, basically, and there's a key at the bottom, if they get one or two, basically, I'm saying you need work in this area. Three to four, I say improving, but you need more practice. Five to six, you're starting to get it. Keep at it. Seven to eight, almost there, but you need a bit more polish. And nine or 10, you've got what it takes. So each one of these areas, I'm going to grade in that in, in, with those numbers. And that way you can look at the report card and see it's like an x-ray of your skill sets. I'm strong here. I'm weak here. I'm okay here. I'm great there. And you get a really good objective assessment of your skills. And that's basically why I came up with a report card. And um, and fortunately, uh, now I've been teaching. This is my 18th year of teaching. I've Nobody has come to me and said, I don't like your assessment of my... There's not been one person who's, <laughs> who's ever said that to me because they can see that I'm very even-handed. They can see that I know where they're strong, where they're weak, where they need improvement, where they're kicking ass. 
I'm showing it right there. It's right there in front of them. And, um, and I, I think I'm a pretty good objective, uh, um, uh, assigner there. That's absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Mark. And again, you can just really see your giving attitude as an educator and a lifelong learner. And one thing that I really love is that you've been sharing these tips on Facebook, not Ooh. just one or two, but right now it's something, How many? Well, I'll let you tell it. How many do you have up right now that you've been doing every day? Today was number 251. Wow. That's amazing. And, and, um, and I'm going for, I'm good. Here's the spoiler. Uh, I'm going for 365 and that's only because of what I've decided to do is I'm going to give one tip a day for an entire year. What's really cool about that little story is this, uh, my, my entire career, I've always tried to figure out a, a bigger picture, a higher purpose than just teaching voiceover or just record or just writing and producing a commercial. I always wanted to do something bigger than selling another bottle of soda or another car or another whatever, just selling another, just again in that advertising mode there. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I'm doing what I love to do. I'm, 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 I'm making a, a decent living. I'm, I'm not a, a rich man by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm supporting myself and, and have been, but, but the, I've always looked at things like, okay, everybody does that. Every, everybody works and does what they do and make a living. There's got to be more. It's, it's got, I've got to have a higher purpose. If I don't feel like I've got a higher purpose, then I feel like I'm just do, 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 do doing stuff. So when I first started writing and producing and casting commercials, I realized, okay, I've got a talent. How can I take this talent to beyond just making a living? And so I reached out, I started reaching out to public service organizations, uh, nonprofits who needed uh, uh, volunteers or donations or whatever the case may be to help their, to help their organization be better, like adopt a pet or, 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 or uh, cancer society or whatever the case may be, the homeless, uh, the food bank, any place that needed some promotion and advertising that I could provide for free. And they could get on the air and it would help them. So early in my career, I started recruiting talent, studios, music libraries, sound effect libraries, and had everybody volunteer. I, I volunteered my time and, my, and, and I created the, I wrote it and produced it and everything else. I, I basically volunteered my time had everybody else volunteer their time and produced every year a public service spot for a particular nonprofit organization that they could use. And it was done for free. So I've been doing that and continue to do that. I've been continuing to do that almost every year. When I did the tips, it started out just as a promotional thing. My my daughter, I was talking to my daughter and I, I and she said, dad, you, you need more of a presence online. Uh, uh, you should be doing something every day. Uh, you know, it's got to be content driven. And why don't you just just get tell people what you know and glean these things from your book? I said, OK, all right. That's that sounds OK. So I went I did 10 days in a row. And by the ninth day, someone said, hey, are you going to do 10 more. I said, okay, fine. I'll do 10 more. And after I got to 20, somebody else wrote and said, 
Hey, these are great. Can you do, go to 30? Okay. The, the gauntlet has been thrown. Yes. Great. Yes. Okay. I'll do 30. And then that turned ballooned into 40 and then 50. By the time I got to 50, I said to myself, all right, this is kind of like, you know, what, what I'm beginning in my career. What am I going to do with this? What's the point of this other than to just put that out there and, 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 and promote myself? I need to have a higher purpose. There's got to be a bigger picture here other than just disseminating my, uh, uh, knowledge. What can I do with that knowledge to turn that knowledge into something better and bigger? And then all of a sudden I got an email that day from a, an organization called Vocal ID. Mm -hmm. and and which is a a voice bank a voice bank and i if i'm not mistaken this voice bank provided stephen hawking with his voice oh wow wow okay now that and all of a sudden the light bulb went off all of a sudden i had an epiphany i realized oh my god why don't i do this why don't i monetize these tips do 365 charge three dollars and 65 cents for a download which is nothing, you talk, you know, again, just make the price point irresistible and have all the proceeds go to vocal ID that would help somebody get a voice, somebody who doesn't have a voice, get a voice. And all the proceeds would go into for time immemorial, even after I'm dead, they would continue to go into their organization and somebody would get a voice after the money accrues. Wow. And I realized that's, so, that that's the bigger picture. That generosity of spirit is just so like, not only is it so representative of you, but I, what I love is because I remember from an earlier interview, you actually said, it's like, well, my goal is to learn something new every day. I don't know if I could learn 365 things in a year, but eh, we'll see. And not only have you proven yourself wrong, but you're giving that to so many other people. And that like, all I can say is thank you. I mean, that, that's truly like such oh, my, generosity of spirit is, is truly wonderful to see. Oh, thank you. I, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that, but I'm just, I'm just happy that I was able to figure out a way to make something like this go farther, go beyond me. That's, that, that's the whole point that I, seriously, that is the whole point. If I felt that my, I, again, it's, it's a little, egotistical to a certain extent it's because i'm talking about my legacy but the thing is 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 that i i that's i want my legacy to be that i thought beyond myself and i also want to and i and truthfully i i want my daughter uh, uh uh to be really proud of me and set an example and and and, and, and well, basically just set an example for for a lot of people and basically just just remind them that their talent can go beyond just making them a living. And when they do that, then then what's happened is they they've redefined who they are as people. Wow. And and, 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 and it's a win win. It's a total win win. I count my blessings every day. And I never, ever take for granted how fortunate I am and how fortunate I've been. And I never, ever want to squander that. And, and, um, and life is just too short. And there are just too many wonderful things out there that you can do. The people I admire the most are the people who are changing the world and help other people. For instance, whenever I see a TED Talk, <laughs> I listen and I say, oh, my God, these people are brilliant. 
These people are amazing. These people are changing the world. These are game changers. These are, these are absolutely amazing people. Those are the people I admire. And if I could be just a fraction of that, I'd be happy. Mark, Wonderful. you mentioned a lot of the, the tips are from the book, your, your fabulous book, V.O. V.O. <laughs> yes. Tell us a little bit about the book and um, how that came about. The, uh, the, the book was very cool because um, I had been, well, for the past, like, I don't know, I think it's like 10 years now, um, there's a, there was a, an online uh, uh, um, a company called nowcasting.com uh, here in Los Angeles, and they had a, a, a column. Uh, uh, they, they, they basically have columns, online columns for actors. And they approached me and asked me if I, if I wanted to write a voiceover column. And that was about 10 years ago. And I said, yeah, sure. Why, you know, why not? Uh, um, uh, let's just have questions and I'll answer their questions. And so we started that about 10 years ago and that, and I started basically every month, um, uh, uh, people would write in. And so I would have, I had about oh, 10 years of uh, written and uh, online. And I realized, boy, I had really accumulated a lot of material just in the columns alone. But then also with my teaching, in addition to, you know, bringing scripts into the, into the, the studio, I would also write um, uh, uh, articles about different subjects to accompany the material that I gave that I was teaching. So we're, you know, we're talking about monologues is basically how to work through a monologue and, and a lot of how to stuff, a lot of very, very practical stuff that would explain the material and help support the material that they were working on. So I would break it down and, and, and give them a perspective, et cetera, et cetera. So after about 15 years of this, I realized I had a ton of material that I needed to organize. Well, the cool thing was, is that 75% of the book had already been written. I just needed to organize it. And then, and then I realized, okay. And then after I, I put everything together, I said, okay, what don't I have here? What am I missing? What areas could I, could, should I talk about? And so I realized, so then I looked at, okay, I got about 75%, about 25% work. will get all the other stuff that I need to get in here. And that took about oh, a couple of years there. Cause you know, you know, you got to work while you're still doing the other stuff. And, and, uh, uh, so finally got it all together and then it came down to, uh, deciding what the, the title was going to be. And so I realized that, uh, it, you know, you know, I always try to go for the clever side. I always want to try to, to stand out. I, I don't want it to, I didn't want it to be a, your typical thing here. So um, when I, I, I gave it to my wife and, and, and said, look through this material and, and give me, tell me what you think. And so she read through it and she said, the one thing that I came away with was, uh, I read this and I read that and I kept reading all these different things. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Saying, <laughs> oh, 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 I didn't know that. And I said, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> So that's why it was V hyphen O H exclamation point V. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, that explains it. And that's wonderful. And that's basically where that came from. And now, and then people say, well, are you thinking of a sequel? Yes, there's going to be a sequel. There's going VO2, to be another one. There, and the working title is V 
hyphen omg oh nice yeah <laughs> it's so current and topical that's well i've died that's what do we we strive we strive mm. <laughs> well that's something that i like and i've i've read this book and it's one of my favorites because it's like talking with you your writer's voice is exactly the way that you speak and you no know, that's somebody said i get that all the time they said every time i read your book i can hear your voice mm-hmm. is that great that's so cool but yeah, it's it's wonderful because, I mean, not only do you have a textbook that you can refer your students to and give them assignments with, but it's just, I mean, it's a, like you said, it's a legacy resource. It's got permanence and people can look at it whenever they need like some inspiration or a little bit of like, or just an aha moment. So Yes. And, and I wanted to make the information practical. I mean, I did not want it to be anecdotal. Uh, uh, anecdotal is a kind of a passive learning thing. I don't know how much get, people get from an anecdote. I wanted to be very, very practical. I'm a practical guy. I, 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 I always tell my students right from the beginning, I said, Here, you, you need to know one thing about me. I have zero tolerance for bullshit. <laughs> I will not bullshit you. So I, that's the one thing that I did not want in my book was bullshit. I wanted practical, specific things that people could use and apply. And, and also to keep the, the chapter short, too. Short and sweet. It also helped me with my... I'm doing the... I recorded the audiobook version of the book. I am halfway through editing. I was hoping to get the thing... I'm hope, still hoping to get it completely edited by the end of the year. But, uh, but I'm halfway through editing the audiobook of my book, which will be up on, you know, Amazon and the other places and stuff like that. So... Because a number of people said, uh, well, how come you don't have an audiobook of your book? I do. It's, it's just being, it's in the process of being edited and it will be out there guaranteed one of these years, uh, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm really working on it. Well, that's great. So it brings us to uh, the, end of, the end of our time, Mark. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but... We've wow, had, that we, was a quick, that went quick. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it fly, time flies when you're having fun, right? Yes, it does. But we yes, want to it thank does. you so much for coming on the VO Meter. We, we are big fans of yours, and you've given so much information, so much time of yourself. We really appreciate it. How can folks find you if they want to work for you or oh, work with really, you or it's hire really you? Easy. Yeah, it's really easy. Um, so I'm Mark with a C, not Mark with a K. So it's Mark at CashmanCommercials.com, C-A-S-H-M-A-N-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-I-A-L-S.com. That's my email address, Mark at CashmanCommercials.com. You can go to CashmanCommercials.com and see stuff, listen to stuff, all sorts of uh, different things, get glean, you know, get some info. But the best way to do it is to just write to me or to call me. You can call, leave a message and write. I'm, you know, it's, I, I answer my own phone. Well, sometimes I'm most of the time I'm in the studio, so I don't answer the phone. So you can always leave a message, but, um, but yeah, you can contact me anytime, uh, uh, that way. And I'll get back to you. You can get my book on Amazon if, if, if you want there. Um, oh, the cool thing is, is that, uh, just a couple of years ago, I started my online classes. So you don't have to live in Los Angeles to be able to take my classes. Now I still do in-studio classes in Los Angeles, my Los Angeles uh, uh, studio. And, um, and I work with beginners. I work with intermediates. I work with advanced and working pros. Um, lately, my in-studio classes have been for beginners and intermediates. 
and they're usually held on a Saturday in Los Angeles uh, because most people are working during the week and they're busy and I don't want people coming to my class tired at seven o'clock at night after they put a whole long day in and they're exhausted and they can't learn. I want them refreshed. And so that's why I have my Saturday classes. And lately I've been having classes online on Sundays. And that's the coolest thing because again, you don't have to live in Los Angeles. You can be anywhere in the country and, and, and participate online. Everything is recorded. Uh, it's virtual. So we can all see each other. The zoom platform is like the, the Hollywood squares of, uh, of, uh, uh, voice over here. And, um, and so people, again, everything's recorded and everybody gets a lot out of it. Uh, the only thing, they don't get a hug from me. They'll get a virtual <laughs> hug, but they won't get a, an, an actual three-dimensional hug unless they're here in Los Angeles. But, they, but they'll get a virtual hug. Worth the price of admission, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, thanks anyways, again. Good, yeah. luck. Good luck with your, the rest of your year, what's left of it, and the coming, uh, the coming new year. Paul, Sean, you guys have been great. You, you, I, I really, really appreciate your, your invitation here. And, and, um, and I know that you, you, you know, this is a, a fairly new thing. You've just gotten started here, but you guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. much, Mark. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you, guys. Talk about drinking from the fire hose. I mean, Mark is just so generous with his experience and his information. I'm really glad we were able to get him on. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, he made it very easy because I don't think I said a word the entire time. He just kept throwing out the <laughs> questions and answers. <laughs> it was perfect. It's great. I mean, he didn't even need us. We just kind of sat there and took notes, I guess. I could have um, actually just hit the mute button and fallen asleep. Yeah, it would have been good. <laughs> don't that, tell him not that. that I'm, not that I'm upset about it. I mean, he basically he made our job easy. No, that's true. That's true. Um, that's something as an interviewer you worry about. It's not everyone has that sort of public speaking experience like he does. Right, exactly. So uh, we just wanted to say thank you to Mark again so much for coming on the show and telling us everything he's about. And if you're ever wondering what kind of, like, he's just such a great example of how you can be a successful voice actor. I mean, if you just pay attention to some of the qualities he has, like that generosity of spirit, that persistence, um, that openness to work and loving the work. It's like, there's a lot to learn from him. Yeah. Thanks again to Mark. And I want to say thank you to our fans and listeners, because in between this and the last episode, we actually crossed over the 5,000 download mark. So it's Woo! really exciting. We can't thank you guys enough. Uh, I still can't believe that we have that many fans, but apparently we do. Who Somebody's listening. These people? <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, thank you guys so much. A number of you have reached out to Paul or myself to saying how useful you've been finding the podcast. And that's wonderful. That's exactly what we want to hear. I mean, the whole reason we made it, aside from getting our names out there, don't tell anyone, is to <laughs> is to help you guys. So we're so glad that you're finding it useful, that you're enjoying the podcast. If there's anything we can do to improve it, please let us know. Or if you want to be featured in our VO meter stick or our new questionable gear purchase, let us know. Just find us on Facebook at the VO Meter page, or you can send me an email, paul at paulstefano.com. Or Sean, at, that's S-E-A-N, at dailyvo, as in everyday, vo.com. So with that, I want to wish everybody a happy new year and a great VO year. Very good. Me too. Happy new year, guys. Hope you have a fun and productive 2018. That's it for this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. See you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. To follow along, please visit www.vometer.com.